coming out. You've had some great, great quality guests in the fall and you guys are getting educated and getting inspired. So just make sure you're keeping up with these episodes because they're coming out like clockwork, baby. All right. I cannot start any episode without acknowledging my amazing sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Quesadilla Sweet. Quesadilla Sweet is home of the lashes, the facials, the facials, and of course the sugar waxing. If you've never had a sugar wax, you have no idea what you're missing. Get out of that hard wax. It's hot. It hurts. And you say, ouch. And with sugar waxing, you got your little kitty cat nice and smooth. So make sure you check out Kaysa Diddy Sweet. And of course, we're also brought to you by 620 Style. She is the queen of the flare pant, the urban chic brand that everyone loves to know. Make sure you guys check that out. And all of their information will be in the show notes. So today I am joined by Michael Wright. Michael Wright is a genderless brand that fuses cozy at home looks with a classic Brooklyn aesthetic. So today we're going to get to know Michael a little bit, learn a little bit about his brand, his journey, his process. So thank you, Michael, for joining me. No, How are you? Well, thank you for having me. No, no this is great. Was... I'm going to dig in your business right now. <laughs> the intro was fired. Thank you. appreciate no that. <laughs> so before, before we jump into our conversation, I like to always have my little icebreaker. It's called this or that. So you're okay. going to tell me what you prefer over the other, okay? Okay. All right. Trish jackets or kimono? Kimonos. How do I know? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right. Uh, are you a sneaker guy or a Chelsea boot guy? Chelsea boot. I know. I, I'm not a sneakerhead. I wish I was. Mm, I, I wish really, I was. I never know which one. I, I really suck. <laughs> suck at sneakers. All right. And well, I might know. I literally have Chelsea boots on now. <laughs> I, I was like, I think I know the answer to this question too. Are you a Buckethead guy or a Fittinghead guy? Bucket hat. Yeah. Cool, clearly. Yeah. Last yeah. one, V-neck or crew neck? Mm, I, you know, you know, I actually like V-necks. Like V-necks? Yeah, I like V-necks. But, 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 but honestly, I don't want to own a, I don't want to own a V-neck. You don't own a V-neck? No. But, but you I, like V-necks? But I like V-necks. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, so let's jump right in. Tell me a little bit about, um, where you're from. Well, I feel like you're from Brooklyn, but mm. a little bit, where are you from? How you got into the design world? Well, actually, I wish I was from Brooklyn. You're not from Brooklyn. I'm not from Brooklyn. I'm from Inglewood, California. LA. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. West Side? Yeah, West Side. Yeah, <laughs> but I but I've been in Brooklyn for eleven years. Okay. So it's it's home away from home, you know. So um, yeah, I went to design school. I majored in merchandising and design in LA at LA Trade Tech, and. Um, <clears throat> Found myself oh, in. You're uh, in the camera. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's just me just trying to. I know it, so I have to stop myself from doing it because I'm always talking. And I'm like, stop moving because I heard people tell me, like, stop shaking in the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn it around. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I've been out here for 11 years. Nice. Mm-hmm. I've been here for eight. You've been here for eight? Okay. Where are you from? Chicago. Chicago. Shut up. I already met Leslie. So tell me a little bit about this this design journey. So you went to school in LA. Yeah. You moved to New York eleven years ago. So what did you do when you touched down? Uh, when I touched down, I actually start um, 
working for a few clothing brands on the corporate side. Um, you know, I entered the nine to five life when I first got out. Corporate fashion. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, corporate what fashion. Uh, it was actually a product development and design. Oh, really? Things in common. Yeah, and I, um, I, I mean, probably, mm -hmm. uh, if you you name the brand, I'd probably work there. Taylor Producer? I did. Me too. I did. What I, Calvin Klein. Me too. <laughs> handbags, though. Oh, handbags? Yeah. Nice. Calvin Klein, handbags, Carl Lagerfeld handbags, okay. um, and Cole went to us. That's interesting. <laughs> My, actually, um, I, I started my brand after I left I left them. G3? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I started my brand during the pandemic, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, you're, yeah. so you knew. So fresh. You fresh, This is the new brand for the people. It's been out going on two years now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How's it been going? Like, how how is it starting a clothing brand in the pandemic? No, it's what's interesting is that I was, you know, I was working for Calvin under 3G3, and um, I get the call that, you know, pandemic, you know, and I was like, great. I was so excited and happy because I was like, I always want to just work on my brand, you know, just still, but having my head down constantly, you know, doing the, the corporate race just like takes so much from you. And so because of the pandemic, honestly, I hate to say I had such a beautiful pandemic. Yeah, like I hate to say that to people, but yeah, some it's people hit it. Like I think the people who it really hit them hard, they have had it. But I tell people all the time, I'm like, I didn't feel no pandemic. I didn't really feel it. Like, yeah. I didn't feel it financially. I didn't. Yeah. I was traveling, so yeah. I didn't really feel like. And if you didn't feel it, you ain't feel it. Yeah, you know, but you know, some a lot of my friends that you know they're very creative, and I feel like they grind so much. You know, they're all entrepreneurs or musicians. Such a New York thing to say, but all my friends are DJs, and like, so you know, they had to sit still during the pandemic. You know, and and they always inspired me doing their grind, and it was kind of my way of like paying them back and they're all my friends you know like listen like you know you sit this one out tag me and i got this mm -hmm. and um literally like when i got that call um from hr i was i was so excited got my llc got the other paperwork for my trademark and literally just started writing on my brand and launched october wow. and you're yeah. doing everything in dtc yes Direct yeah, the customer, for yeah. sure. Yeah. We don't like wholesale. They chop they, this they man. They chop everything from <laughs> me. I'm the middleman. Yeah, if, so, if I get rid of the middleman, I'm happy. Yes. Yeah. Are you uh, manufacturing everything yourself? Are you sending things overseas? Uh, everything is manufactured in Brooklyn. Um, uh, also, um, Manhattan and Queens. Nice. Yeah. No, it's nice. Okay. So, is everything? Are you doing like you keep in stock, or are you doing made to order? No, it's interesting. When I first started, it was made to order because the concept behind my brand is bring your grandmother to the modern day. So everything is hand stitch, hand embellishment, all of these and jackets out of yarn. And um, that's. I'm oh, sorry. Did your grandmother have a big influence on you? Of course. That's why, like, um, <laughs> you know, that's why my logo is the rocking chair. And it, to me, it just represents like history, storytelling. And, you know, and especially during a time that, like, in the pandemic where people had to sit still, you know, I just really want to bring this sense of like warmness mm -hmm. and like uh, comfort. And I just saw, you know, you know, using a rocking chair as my logo would represent that on all levels. Um, so yeah, so. That's what's up. Yeah. So they ran and teach you how to sew? So my grandma was a, a knitter. She uh, was a knitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crochet. My aunt was a crocheter. My and, grandma um, was a crocheter. She still can't knit. Yeah, and so it, to me, it, it, my my grandmother's no longer with with us, but she she like I feel like my personality, my skill set, it's it's really my grandmother and my aunt, 
Mm-hmm. And to me, this brand is like helping me represent them in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, is it Bohemian Love? Yeah, Bohemian Love Story. Yeah, yeah Bohemian, so, come on. Tell me how you fit into the Bohemian Love Story. So, <laughs> you know, so we always think like we're the cool ones with our grandparents, you know, and, um, but my, the aesthetic of my brand is always like, you know, this, this, this hand, handmade product, you know, and um, I really wanted with this collection, I just wanted to really want to get to this old but new and blend it together have these kind of uh, bohemian fabric and kind of like bohemian trims on the hoodies and also on the jackets. Yeah. Jump up, jump up. So what's your favorite piece of your collection? Actually, it's, it's it's my logo hoodie. I have a logo hoodie that's on silkscreen on burlap cut out on, on the, and sewn on the hoodie. Also with this beautiful, like, um, you know, think of an upholstery, like a uh, rocking chair or like fabric, mm-hmm. you know, your grandma fabric and a trim on the hoodie. It's mm-hmm. the upholstery, okay. uh, yeah, this trail. Cool. Yeah. So, are you, how, where are you selling it? So, you're doing direct consumer, yes. you're selling everything online. Are you doing like pop up shops? Like, how did you launch in the pandemic? Did you do a, a virtual fashion show? Like, what did you do to show no, everyone? No, I, I, I went straight to um, Shopify okay. and, and, and got the brand gone, microwaycollection.com. Um, and I launched about Four or five pieces. Nice. Yeah, you know, I got a, I got a couple of my friends together. My friend Noah, my friend J Pat, and my friend Sasha, who's a really amazing photographer. And I had J Pat, my friend J Pat, my friend Noah model for me. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of just winged it, and, and and I launched just I just hit the ground running. No thought. No, it's so interesting because I felt like. I just knew what I was doing already. And I just think because of the experience. Because you work in a corporate world. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when you when you launch a brand after working in a corporate space, um, in this any business, I feel like we have already made the mistakes and learned what we're gonna learn on later. Yeah. And then when you hop out and get on your own, we're still gonna make mistakes throughout the process and stuff like that. But our I think our eye and the way we do things is gonna always be slightly different because we have like a, a corporate background. Absolutely. You know? And um like this last collection, the Belief Bohemian Love story. I literally did the set design, I did the styling, uh, it, uh, and I just hired a photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the photographer said, like, you just did all this stuff all on your own. You would think you had a big team behind you. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's because you, you just have the experience. You come in, you're really quick, you know what you want. And I just always have a vision. I just need people to be the tool for help me to execute it. Gotcha. It's all about building the right team. Yes, it is. That's it. Who that's it. Done? Yeah, that's all. Like, that's what are you telling? Yeah. Have you done, like, are you planning on doing, like, any, like, pop-up shops that people can kind of see? And, like, yeah, um, I'm actually doing a pop-up at Artisan Flea um, in December. Okay. Um, so, and also, I... You got to do Black Ass Friday. Oh, okay. Black okay. Ass Friday. I like that. Yeah, okay. it's on Black Friday. It's, it's on Black... Oh, it's a pop-up. pop-up. Yeah. I like that. Well, we gotta talk about that. Yeah, it's yeah. next. It's next Friday. It's called Black Ass Friday, and it's aligned with all of the like black people, people of color. Yeah, yeah people okay. of color, and, they, and brands that make sense together. That's why like price point goes yeah, to okay. like making sure like everyone's aligned. Like, we don't have like no, 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 it's for our boutiques. We got designers. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah no. selling their product, including me. I, I make handbags. Oh, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's real nice. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, yeah. what's interesting too, uh, I, when I when I first launched, it was in October and December. Um, I actually did a pop up at this venue at House of Yes, okay. and it was the first time like since like people actually saw my product who didn't know me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay. when I tell you, it's I sold out that weekend, yeah. okay. 
I was yeah, like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> that deal, like, this is for me. Like, I knew that, you know, I was, I had something special. Nice. Yeah. So you think that in, like, well, of course, in the product development world, in the corporate versus, like, your product development, like, domestically, yeah. do you feel like the processes, like, time-wise are very much so similar, or do you feel like it's completely different? Um, I think it's, well, I feel like corporate, you got to go through so many steps and so many people and this and that. With me, since it's just, I'm a small team, it's it's a lot easier for me to like, go to the manufacturer and tell them what I want, have all the paperwork ready, and just follow up in the middle of the process. So I feel like it's a little quicker. Mm-hmm. And you manufacture right within the boroughs. You don't even manufacture in the city. No. No. Well, I do, I do go to uh, Manhattan for, for certain things. Okay. Yeah, I do have a manufacturer that goes there for certain things, for so like my hand stitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have someone, a uh, manufacturer that goes there and help um, hand stitch the product. Gotcha. Yeah. How'd you hear about the Black and Fashion Club, man? So it's interesting, you know, I always just try to keep my hand on the pulse of what's going on, what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I just, just Instagram, you Instagram. know? Instagram. Yeah, 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 Instagram. You know, I just, you know, I was, you know, searching for my people, searching to see what's out there, what's cool, mm-hmm. you know, and just ran across you guys. Gotcha. Have yeah. you ever heard of Elsie Vera Consulting? And that's how I actually stumbled across Black and Fashion mm-hmm. because I was following them. Yeah. yeah, they're all one and the same. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I'm supposed to see you then. I need to see you next week then. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, about that happen. only because right now what I what I'm doing is I'm doing these different focus groups with designers okay. from different levels, different backgrounds, different skill sets, and really trying to understand the core of what you need as a designer, like as a support system. Of um, so I did one this past Monday. I would love for you to come and join one. Okay, we we'll give you fifty dollars off um, any of our services or okay. products when you come. But we have a virtual one coming on Monday. Okay. Um, but we're gonna do them every week. But I'd like to hear different insights from different people in different areas of their design their journey. Mm-hmm. So like, so what do you? I'm just gonna ask you. What do you feel like you need? as a designer um, that's going to help support you and push you along? Like, is it marketing? Is it financials? Like, course. is it a bigger team? Like, what is that, like that, I guess for me, those the, the top two spots that you feel like you need? As a I designer? mean, that's the, that's the biggest question, right? Um, what do you need? As, I would just say as an entrepreneur, as a whole, as a company, um, it's always working capital, working capital and marketing. Those are two, yeah, those are the two things for me that I feel like that will help me elevate as a brand, as a company. Um, yeah, because it's kind of like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing cut and sew jackets, cut and sew hoodies. It's expensive, it's expensive yeah. you know, yeah. and you know, got to meet the minimums. And then you, then you plan this, uh, you balance this inventory game with yourself. Mm-hmm. How much do I, how, how many do I make, you know? Yeah. And, and and so to help you with that, you know, working capital is always right. See how the strategy key. Pardon me? Do you have a strategy for that? Always. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I feel like that is the the That's number one true, thing yeah. that people try to figure out. It's yeah. like, damn, how many units should I make? Yeah. Like, what should I produce? Like, what should I invest in? In in, in turn, like, get my return on my investment. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would tell people, I was like, you better drop that shit on Instagram right. first <laughs> before you start buying materials and stuff like that. Um, well, for me, I, I actually just learned from my first launch. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I made a certain amount of certain hoodies and certain designs, and that was fall. And I did, like I said, I did really well online, but I actually surprised myself, like I said, when I did that first pop-up at House of Yes, mm-hmm. on people who just didn't know me and just really wanted to support, support especially black businesses Absolutely. and entrepreneurs and artists, because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and everybody just seemed to survive and people just like, you know, I was just 
support a small business. Okay. And it's it, and people really want to do that. Absolutely. You know, and I, and then I realized, so what I did was compare my last year's styles to like, okay, you know, I'm about to do some things for spring, which which styles did really well. Mm-hmm. And so I just really did those styles in yeah. different colors. You look at your shop, you look at your Shopify analytics. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I tell new designers when they're first starting out, like I, I, I do tell them to like do Instagram, but I tell them like, Drop. You said Instagram as far as the ads? No, like I told them to like drop. Like, okay, if you put a couple, if you want this, drop your size in the comments because I they always confuse about what size I'm talking to. Like as far as like, should I offer like extra small, extra large, or is my window tiny, or is it just small, large? Right. Like the best way to understand like what people are like clinging to, I think is by like, social media and asking those questions right. and like surveying, or engaging with yeah, engaging with them, getting yeah. on live, doing stuff. Because if not, like for me, I drop. I drop seven jumpsuits, seven jackets, drop seven bags. Do I actually produce all seven? No, I produce the ones that people are clinging to. Right. So I'm just like, I'm not going to make a whole size run of getting my patterns graded. I'm making my own patterns. But I still gonna, uh-huh. you know, do yeah, grading yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. Do I want to pay to get it graded from zero right. to 12? Or do I just want to grade from four to eight, you know, right. depending on what I'm selling, you know? So I try to tell them, like, survey. Like, when I say survey, survey for a little while. Take some pre-orders. And let's say, you know, someone pre-orders and you get a whole lot of mediums. Why am I making? I don't make that many smalls. I'm yeah. gonna make two smalls. I'm gonna yeah. make ten minutes. You know, no, you're absolutely right because yeah. when I first went, it was the made to order. Okay. It was mm-hmm. for the first maybe like month and a half, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be honest with you, it was hard for me to keep up because it's hand done, mm-hmm. and um, that's a lot of work. It was. It's a lot of work and a lot of time, and I was like, wait, okay, I gotta really start sourcing. But the problem was, it was in the middle of a pandemic, right. and so I didn't have my resources together at the time, and within like by like. February, I was good to go. I did the I did the work, and also I knew too because, like, for instance, when I first started, like, no one was ordering smalls, mm-hmm. and so when when it came to spring, honestly, I didn't do smalls, you know, at all. I wouldn't have either. Yeah, I didn't do smalls at all. And what I realized too, it's you know what people really want two X and three X hoodies, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been dropping the ball on that lately, but um, but that's something that I've been noting noting as well. So I have a segment called It's a Success or It's a Disaster. Okay. So I want you to tell me about a part of your journey, entrepreneur, could be within your design process where something went completely to hell, but you learned a valuable lesson from it and you now incorporate it in your business. Well, I would just I would just say definitely one of the things that was oh you about to ask me or you want to No, go ahead. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I'm manufacturing product development i feel like you have to stay on them for instance i um i got a the jacket that i have on now it's uh, i made another jacket in a different fabric same fit with different fabric but this one is raw edges on the hem okay. um and but the other jacket was clean finish on the hem mm-hmm. and so what she ended up doing was keeping the pattern as is and when it came to the hem that's not raw edges on the other jacket, she ended up sewing it one quarter, almost half an inch, oh, and it came out so much shorter. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. You know, like that's, that's, I have to definitely always just communicate, communicate, and be on them at all costs. Because I, it was too late. I already, I, she already finished all the goods. Right. Do you give them like a cut ticket or like a, Markup sheet, like when it comes like the finishes and stuff like that, when you pass it over. Yes. So I create a tech pack. I go. I do an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I create a tech pack for them. Okay. And 
And do they typically make up from start to finish, like make the patterns and everything? Yeah, everything. Yeah, from start to finish. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I always found patterns to not be helpful at all. Well, see, I guess what you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Well, I, I've gotten check packs from people who don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm like, this measurement don't even make no it's sense, child. Yeah, well, I keep it simple. Just always keep it simple. See, I'm like a spec sheet. Like, you don't yeah. have like, all those grades. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, like, yeah, so you yeah, haven't tested it yet. Like, yeah, you haven't uh, done the pattern. Yeah, yeah. And then I make adjustments. I always give the sample, then we make adjustments. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I give 10 minutes, and let me like, this, I, first of all, my question is how much you been for this? Because right. I've been paying like $400,000 for 10 pounds. I'm just like, none of these numbers are confirmed yet. Like, we haven't made a sample yet. So, how do you have what the sizes are for yeah. everything else? I just think it's so mind boggling that people really think that that's what you need first. I'm like, as long as you got like a spec, just like with, like you said, simple, like, you know, I want the, the ham, HBS yeah. to be here. I would always just like literally put yeah. to have all those measurements and all those sizes when you don't even got a product yet. Yeah. You don't even know what the fabric is yet. Yeah, exactly. I think again, that's, that goes with the experience that we have had, you know, I've just really been lucky to be able to, uh, you know, you know, I, I'm such an observer. I love to come in situations and meetings and parties, and I just really just sit there for a while. Mm -hmm. Just like to see what's going on, who's who, who's talking to, how you doing this, and then I go, you know, so I just always have used that to the whole entire part of my life. Is Have you ever felt like, you know, when you did work in the fashion were you like one of the only black people in the business? Oh, uh, I, I hate the. I don't want to say the company name, so I, I would say this. So I say all their names. I say, <laughs> I say I'm a black well, Woodland yeah. Trading, High Point Design, Moray Group. Okay, okay I'll I'll say this. So um, Jones Apparel Group. <laughs> all y'all. All of right. Everybody. No, so this, this is true stuff. This is when I first like. Um, First moved to New York, I started off working uh, retail at Club Monaco on Fifth Avenue, and um, I, I, then I got my first real opportunity um, at Air Pastel. You familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'll never forget. I was right there three months already. Right. I, I'm the only black guy, for sure, hands down. But I, I'm the ISO. Right. And um I was making a copy of something and somebody tapped me. And I, I turned around like, oh hey, how's it going? He's like, hey, I'm such a such he introduced himself. He was black. Mm -hmm. He was like, Are you Mike? I was like, I am. I was like, how you how you doing? It's like what's funny, I was shopping at Club Monaco this past weekend and they said that um one of their co old coworkers is working at Air Pastel and I knew it was you because you love only black guys. Damn. So, you know, that's just the nature of the business. You know, you walk in their rooms and sometimes it's just you yeah, there. Yeah, you know? I feel like I was, especially in the product development corporate side, yeah, I was in, in production. Yeah. In production, like, and I, a lot of my jobs were in production. Mm -hmm. You ain't, production is filled with Asians because they yeah, want yeah. you to like speak Mandarin, mm -hmm. like that, but I'm like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. um, but I've successfully have done a lot of productions for like really good companies and been the only, only black person on the team for yeah. the nation. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, at my last 
at G3 that kind of climb was literally yeah. just me. Yeah, it was just me in my department. In my department, yeah. Yeah, in Capricorn production. Yeah, it was somebody else over there in design that yeah. was designing. Uh-huh. No, she was in materials, I think. But uh, other yeah, than right. that, I was the only black girl in production. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened, and it's like, I remember one time I I worked at a company and I remember being like, okay, yeah, I'm leaving early. Yeah. Um, Day after Christmas, fucking mm-hmm. Kwanzaa. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaving early. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Kwanzaa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. one of the times, like, you celebrate Kwanzaa? And I was just like, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I celebrate. Right. But like, I thought it was weird because, like, if it was any other holiday, I don't feel like I wouldn't have, it would have even been a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, really? You celebrate Kwanzaa? And I was like, well, I'm black and I create things. Yeah. And yeah, actually, I do. Would you, would you like me to name all the seven days? Because right, right, you right. ain't even about this. You don't even know what comes. I'm like, yes, I'm even really good. First of all, I feel like you should be in the office the day after Christmas anyway. Yeah, well, I'm Period. Okay. But I just was just like, I literally came in for like an hour. I kept saying, I was just like, I don't understand why we have to work daily. Like, right. everybody's clothes. Like, everyone's clothes. Like, I've already approved every freaking tech pack here. Like, I did yeah. things like, we have things like our MPP stage that have not hit here yet because of late deliveries. And why are y'all making a breakfast thing? So like I'm leaving early on the I'm at the event to go to and that yeah. you, you yes I do. <laughs> like just like we celebrate every Jewish holiday and we have to leave early on yeah. Fridays and take all the Jewish holidays off. Yes, absolutely I, yeah, I absolutely yeah. do. Absolutely. All right. I mean, should you celebrate Hanukkah? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always interesting to me, like the positions that we be put in. Um I've been put in like the aggressive black girl one, you know, and I'm in the last job that I had, I was in a leadership position. I was mm-hmm. a manager. The last three jobs, I was a manager. But when you're a production manager, a lot of times you're just like having to, you know, just manage your own stuff. Yeah, Whereas yeah. like this last one, I was managing like a team. Yeah, yeah. And they definitely had, I think, some issues, you yeah. know, but it's like, it's not about me, it's about you doing your job. So I remember one of the girls telling me on the design team, she was like, you know, but your personality is like super duper aggressive. I'm like, why is it aggressive? Because I'm telling you to do your job. Yeah have to meet like you don't do no approvals without me. like it's like it's not it's nothing personal or whatever i'm like but if you are intimidated by um my the way i speak or anything that sounds like a personal problem like that's not my issue that's your issue like no, no like and it was a black lady who hired me and she was pregnant and she went on maternity uh, leave and she hired two black girls that's funny thing black lady she's the director of the department she hired two black girls like right when she get pregnant and then so she's out so the two black girls are in charge and it's a whole team yeah. of Caucasian Asian, and they don't they, yeah, and they created these positions these were the positions that they like feel they created two product manager positions and yeah they went they was a little tight about it <laughs> brand new with the black girls yeah, and it's like yeah. everyone else but it was just like I don't know what to tell you I'm doing my job no yeah it's just it's, it's tough you know and I think things are changing hopefully oh. you know you know we, we never know, you know, honestly, you know, you think you walk in the room and everyone's all about the movement, but, you know, you when you walk out, it could be a different story, mm-hmm. for sure, you know. They definitely got some privilege in there. Yeah. Even the way, I think the way they speak, or like, sometimes like, you get the ones that want to act hip and cool, yeah. you gotta like, try to yeah, be your friend. Yeah. You get the other ones who overstep their boundaries, like touching your hair, yeah. like that. I've had that shit. I don't know. Yeah. Literally, hand yeah. went up. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Like she said, I don't know if I like the rap that I had got like a, a ombre or something uh-huh. like that. And then she leaned in and I was just like, girl, yeah, yeah. girl, you better not touch me. And I actually like the rap. I like the rap. Because like, I was just like, damn, we do get into that, like being like that angry black woman. I feel like women, we get it a lot more. They just feel like we are aggressive. I'm like, I'm not aggressive. No, and, I, and I'm just, and I'm really just like, in some way, like, 
like happy in some way that like how the microfiber gods have like really just start putting things on how we feel as black people. Absolutely. You know, because it's like at first, not like that. I can't even speak about certain things. Yeah, we, we as being people of color, we always have to. Definitely. You know, and and it just it sucks. And I'm just glad that we're getting to a point where it's like, no, I actually have an issue with this, and this is how I feel. These are my boundaries. Yeah, respect that. I'm not going around touching your hair. I'm not going around calling you angry and aggressive mm-hmm. at a professional workplace. Right. Or it, it doesn't even matter if it's professional or not, the workspace. It's just like the stuff, the fact that we get constantly getting put these titles on us mm-hmm. before we even get to speak, before we even yes. get to like, you know, for, before you even get the chance to get to know who we are, we automatically walk in the room, it's already have this label. It's already on there. Us. It's already it's there. Already there. And, you know, this is why it's so important for people that like us to continue to, you know, keep the movement going and, and, and like, start on their own shit. Absolutely. And they create jobs. Like yeah, as our, yeah, yeah. our brands grow or become more visible, we create more jobs and more jobs and bring them all home. No, literally everybody that, that I literally source my goods and do my manufacturing with They're black. People of color. Yeah, I hear that. My whole team is same. My whole team is black people yeah. of color and then when I also the same way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I always love that. That's so true. before we wrap up, I just have one segment. It's called um, "It's a Muse." So if you could just share with us a a book or an affirmation, a mantra, a song, anything that like keeps you motivated. Are you a prayer in the morning? Do you do crystals? You journal? Like what is it that kind of keeps you self motivated? And you know, what's a piece of advice that you would give to a, a new business owner? Um, what gets me motivated, honestly, is like really surrounding around yourself, around people that that inspire you. That also inspire each other, you know, and it's really like a, a tug of war. I love a tug and war relationship, mm-hmm. you know, um, where, you know, like I said, my friends, some of them, because they were DJs, that they were just wasn't expired, they couldn't do shows. And for me, it was like, you know what? I got you guys. Like, I got something cooking. It's not, it's for, it's not for me to repay you, you know? So I would just say for me, just like I said, stand inspired by a group of people, by your group of friends, or that family, or whatever they may be. And <clears throat> I would just check out certain podcasters and read, like, believe it or not, I read 48 Laws of Power so many times, but that's why I'm at again. Right. You know, really just reading that right now. And um, as far as uh, when it comes to new designers, especially that people that look like me, you know, let's just stay focused, stay strong, believe in yourself, you know, understand your journey, you know, that we're kings, we're queens, you know, and... We deserve, this is ours. We deserve to be here, you know, and and just know, like, no risk, no reward. You know, take the risk. And uh, and I did, you know, I did all the necessary stuff that I had to take to put this put myself in the position that I'm at today. Absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead and drop your social media handles, let people know where to follow you and keep up with you. Well, my name is Michael Wright. I'm the co-founder, pardon me, founder, <laughs> CEO. <laughs> of Michael Wright Collection. You can find me at MichaelWrightCollection.com. I make amazing unisex hoodies and jackets. It's a people's brand. Also on Instagram, you can find me uh, Michael Wright Collection. And also my personal is Mike underscore Wright underscore. That's right as in Frank Lloyd. Gotcha. We'll make sure we put all that in the show notes just in case y'all missed that too. That was a lot. <laughs> I know that was a lot. We're going to be in the show notes too. We're going to make sure it's right. So as I always say, thank you so much for joining me. Stay black. Peace out.
Of course. 